What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast. We're broadcasting live from Trinity University at the Trinity University Sports Medicine Symposium. Our first speaker is Mandy Tyler, a registered dietitian and also an athletic trainer. She works with the local sports teams there in San Antonio and helps out at Trinity University as well. She's going to be talking today about, again, fueling your athlete the sports nutrition that you need to help improve the performance of your team. So when I was talking with Sean and Mark about today's presentation, they were saying, you know, Mandy, most of the athletic trainers have some basic knowledge of nutrition. What we really would like is some key points we can be sharing with athletes and parents, easy go-to, um, quick references. And so that's really my goal today, is to take that science, bridge the gap to the playing field, give you some quick messages you can share, practical strategies that are easy to implement, and then resources that you can turn to for more information. Sound good? Okay, so what are the benefits of sports nutrition when you're talking to your athletes? Why do we care about what we eat, right? So there's a lot of benefits, a lot of research in sports nutrition going on. We know that nutrition can help you train harder in a higher intensity, can improve concentration. Sports nutrition, recovery nutrition is where it's at. How do we recover quicker so we can go hard again the next day? Obviously, impact on body composition. In Texas, we have to worry about heat, right? Our summers are brutal. So talking about you know, reducing our chance of heat illness and heat cramps. So lots of benefits with sports, nutri sports nutrition and lots of things you can be talking about with your parents and, and your athletes as well. So first question a lot of times I get when an athlete comes and meets with me is, Mandy, what do I eat on game day? It's like, well, on game day, I really, you know, my goal is that you're hydrated, you don't pass out on the court, and you don't throw up, right? Like, that's kind of my big goals. But really, when is sports nutrition important? Every day, right? Because when do we get better? We get better in practice. And if we're not fueling our body to perform at our best during practice, to train at our hardest, we're not going to reap the benefits of that practice. So guys, five out of seven days is not enough. The weekends count, right? If we were on the free throw line and you made five out of seven free throws, that wouldn't be good enough. Every day counts. So if you're serious, your alarm on the weekend, you get up and you have breakfast, and then you can go back to bed if you want, but you don't miss an opportunity to fuel your body. So every day counts. You've probably heard the analogy before, but comparing sports nutrition to um, fueling a race car, right? If we want a race car to perform at its best, we put premium fuel into it, right? Same with our bodies. If we're putting, you know, hot Cheetos and Takis and Big Red into our system and expecting to perform at our best, we're not, right? We're putting suboptimal fuel. And I, I was working with a really competitive um, track athlete, and he told me, but Mandy, you know, I feel great having a sausage biscuit before I go run. You know, I, I'm doing great. It's like, yeah, but you don't know how good you could be, right? Like, if you were really putting the right fuel into your body, what are you sacrificing by eating this way? So sports nutrition, some kind of key factors I really like to talk about with athletes. First is variety. I used to say eat the rainbow, but then the reference to Skittles, and that fell out. So variety, there's no one superfood, right? I think we can all benefit from improving variety in our diet. Um, timing, there's a lot of research right now with timing of nutrients, eating the right food at the right time to get the best benefits possible. A lot of research with protein. We know it's not just how much protein you eat during the day, it's how you space that throughout the day. So a lot of focus on timing. And then also wholesomeness. We want our athletes eating the most natural form of the food possible. There's a lot of foods and energy bars and power bars and gels and chews and sports drinks out there. Um, which have intended, uh, intended purposes, and they're really beneficial when they're used for their intended purposes, but too often what I see with my athletes 
is that's what they're eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? And that's not the intent of those foods. So having those sports foods um, at the right time for the right purpose is really important. And then relying on regular food for the most part. So some of my key essentials for success that I share with athletes First and foremost is that we need to eat frequently throughout the day, right? They need to be eating machines, fueling not only their growth, but also their competition. So um, one of my big rules for them is to try to eat every three to four hours throughout the day. Um, and establish an eating routine for every day of the week, especially once they're getting up into the college level. Monday, Wednesday, Friday looks completely different from Tuesday, Thursday. They need to be thinking ahead. How can I be planning my, my meals what do I need to be packing to take with me um, so that I can be eating frequently throughout the day? And a good way to refer to this is my rule of threes. I want them eating three meals, three snacks every single day, right? So does that mean on the weekend you need to make 15 sandwiches so you can pack three sandwiches to take with you every single day? What do you need to be thinking ahead to be prepared so that you can be doing your rule of threes, eating three meals, three snacks every day? So my first rule number one that I share with athletes, and I'm sure some of the Trinity athletic trainers could tell you these rules because I've heard them so many times, I've repeated them. But my first rule is that we do not work out on empty and that this includes morning workouts. If we want to train at our best, perform at our best, we've got to put fuel into our body. And I have heard time and time again, but Mandy, I'll throw up. I can't do it. It makes me sick to my stomach. I'll feel queasy. Well, let me tell you, you're out there training your muscles. You're training your lungs. You can train your stomach. Train your stomach to handle food. Start with one saltine cracker or a bite of a banana and work up to the whole banana. Um, figure out what foods and drinks work for you, but train your stomach to tolerate food because we don't want to go out running on a half tank. We want to run on a full tank, right? And so putting food into our body is really important. So when we're doing planning, planning for meals, pre-event nutrition, kind of the gold standard, um, is that our pre-event meal would be three to four hours before the event. Obviously, the closer you get to the event, the less heavy a meal you're gonna want to be having. Um, really what we're looking at in that pre-event meal, it's something that's high in carbohydrates, right? With a small amount of protein. We're gone from the day of the big steak meal right before you go out and play a football game, right? So we're really focusing on a high carbohydrate meals with lean protein, spaghetti with lean meat sauce. Breakfast, French toast is a great pre-game breakfast um, on, a, on a match day because it's Bread dipped in eggs and milk, right? So that's protein and carbohydrates combined. You can never go wrong with peanut butter and jelly, right? Um, you can make a fruit smoothie if they don't want to be eating something. But really, high carbohydrates, lean protein. Then as we get closer to the event, we want to be topping our tank. So two hours or less, this is when we're really going to be looking at some type of carbohydrate we can put into our body, a granola bar, banana, fruit. Um, sports drinks, once again, at this time would be good. And then as we get really close, 30 to 60 minutes, that's really where we're probably going to be relying more on our kind of our sports type foods, the gels, the chews, um, sports drinks, something to that effect. So what do we not want before we go out and compete? Um, we don't want foods high in fat. I mean, Alfredo sauce is delicious. We all, we all know that. It's not the ideal pre-event meal, right? Um, we don't want fried foods or high fat moods, so it's probably not the time for a fast food meal either. We don't want foods high in fiber. Why? Fiber slows down digestion, right? We, don't, we want quick energy, quick into our bloodstream. Also, we don't want them to have to go to the restroom, right? So we're going to avoid foods high in fiber. We don't want sugary beverages and juices, so this is the time to rely on a sports drink or water. Um, we don't want carbonated beverages. We're not going to add air into our system, right? And we're not also, that's going to slow down the, um, the hydration process. And we don't want alcohol, which you think is common sense, but it's not, right? So um, those are all things we'll avoid prevent. So number one, we don't work out on empty. Number two, we recover. Okay, so we know we need to recover after a workout. Um, 
Our ideal goal, begin refueling within 30 to 60 minutes after workout. The longer you wait to put food into your body, the longer it takes to recover. We used to think it was a real tight window, like you have to get it in within that 30 to 60 minutes or you've sacrificed your recovery. We now know that that window extends much longer, probably than 60 minutes. Um, but here's my thing. We don't miss out on a chance to fuel them. When you have a captive audience, when you have those kids there with you, we want them to start recovery right away because if they leave you and then they go home and they start homework, it could be four or five hours before they eat, right? So don't miss that chance to start putting fuel into their body. Um, so really the goal is to fuel um, up while you cool down. So replace the fluid and fuel you used during that last exercise session. So what do we want when we work out? We deplete our carbohydrate stores, we tear down our muscles. So we want carbohydrates and protein during that recovery period. So examples, um, you could do an energy bar in a sports drink, especially if they're going straight to class or something, that would be an easy um, go-to. Chocolate milk, a lot of research on chocolate milk right now. Why? Because it's got a good source of protein, it's got the added sugar from the chocolate, so you're getting both right there. Maybe throw a granola bar with it. Um, a lot of times I hear athletes say, I'm just not hungry, I'm so hot, I'm not hungry. Well, that's a good time for a fruit smoothie, right? So having a smoothie right after a workout could be a, an option. Um, bagel with peanut butter and jelly, you'll see I have that in there a lot because it's an easy recovery meal, travels well. Um, and then what we want to do is we want to make sure that they realize, okay, you've done that snack 30 to 60 minutes afterwards, that's not the end of it. Within the next two hours, we want you eating your full recovery meal. So that's something that's, you know, good source of carbohydrates, lean protein, once again. Chipotle or Freebirds, they do a great recovery meal, right? You can get lean proteins, high carbohydrates. Um, could be an easy recovery meal, especially if you're trying to plan a post-game meal for a team on a budget. That's a pretty good option. So we don't work out on empty. We recover. Sports nutrition key number three is we stay hydrated. Um, we know that decreased performance can result um, from as little as 2 to 3% dehydration, reducing concentration, strength, power, and speed. What do you need on the court? Concentration, strength, power, and speed, right? So that can really impact our performance. And often 2 to 3% dehydration is before they're really even registering that they're thirsty, right? So we want to make sure that they're staying hydrated. We also know dehydration increases our risk of heat illness and heat cramps. So how do you know if you're hydrated? Color of your urine, right? That'll make all your high schoolers laugh. Um, but it's true, right? Our urine should be very pale in color, crystallite, not orange juice colored, right? You can also talk about them about how frequently are you going to the bathroom throughout the day. We should be going every couple of hours. That's normal, right? If you can go all night and get up and go to practice and not have to go till after practice, that's not normal. But they may need to be told that, right? Um, general rule of thumb that I tell athletes, drink water throughout the day. We don't need to be drinking sports drinks all day long. It's also got sugar and it's hard on your teeth. Um, Drink sports drinks with activity. That's what it's intended for, for during sport. There's also, um, you know, you can get them a color chart so they can compare the color of their urine to that. There's smartphone apps out there. Beware that the phone may drop in the toilet, so it might not be the best practice. Um, but there's lots of options. Signs in their urinals. Um, if your urine is this color, you're dehydrated. Here's your sign, right? Um, this is not normal. So just making sure that they're educated. So how much should they be drinking? And what are some easy things you can be telling them? That four-hour pre-event meal, maybe lunchtime for a high school athlete, we want them drinking two cups of water, right? So drink your water bottle. Make sure that you have at least your water bottle that, that, that event meal, the meal four hours before. When we're getting a little closer, 15 to 30 minutes, we want them drinking another half a cup to a cup of water. And then during the event, I'm going to tell you this, and then I'm going to tell you how you tell your athletes. We want them drinking four to six ounces every 15 to 20 minutes. And they're going to look at you and be like, yeah, what does that mean? Okay, so an ounce is about the equivalent of a big gulp. 
So what you're going to tell them is every 15 to 20 minutes or every time you get a water break, you need at least four to six big gulps from your water bottle. That's doable. They can remember that. I need at least four gulps from my water bottle. And so then what we need also know is that we want them rehydrating after workout. And you guys know as athletic trainers, that's why we wait people in and out during our summer two days, right? Because we want to replace that water weight. What we need to educate them is that for every pound lost, they need to be drinking two to three cups of fluid to help regain um, that weight. So important reminders, gulps, not sips. Why? Because it's a quantity thing, right? If you ever run and you've had that sloshy stomach, right, where the water's sloshing in your stomach, that's miserable. More quantity in our stomach, the quicker it's going to leave our stomach and hydrate our body, right? So it's not going to be sitting in our stomach. Um, as a, one of my sports dietitian colleagues, Leslie Bonsi, says, you have to drink the water, you can't just pour it on your head, right? Like, you have to actually put it into your system. Um, you want it to be cool and not ice cold, right? Because they're going to be able to drink the better, more quantity of it if it's cool and not ice cold. And obviously, we talked about avoiding those carbonated beverages already. So my three rules, we don't work out on empty, we recover after workout, and we stay hydrated. So what about supplements? Probably these questions come to you a lot, right, with your athletes if there's a question. Here's the thing, our focus should be food, right? Even with our professional athletes, our focus should be food. Um, limiting factor for most athletes is a bad diet, right? And you cannot out-supplement a bad diet. You just can't do it. Um, sports foods, like I already talked about, use those for intended purposes. So like your, your power bars and your energy drink, or your, um, your protein shakes or anything, those for intended purposes, not for meals. And this, just recognize that supplements, we know this, they're not well regulated. Um, it's a 30 plus billion dollar industry, right? And they can contain banned substances. Um, I've, I've heard before that if a supplement works, most likely it contains something that's banned, right? So just being really cautious and making them aware that they are responsible for anything they put into their body and that we can accomplish our nutrition goals through food. So things that you especially, I would say, are red flags um, on supplements if you're looking at them. Anything that claims to give you energy, boost your metabolism, or burn fat most likely has some type of stimulant in it. Anything that claims to increase testosterone probably has some type of steroid in it. Anything that contains a proprietary ingredients or blends, why would you take something when they won't even tell you what it is, right? Like, that's just not a good idea. Um, and also be very careful with pre-workout supplements because um, a lot of times with pre-workout supplements, they just kind of throw everything but the kitchen sink in there, right? And so just be really careful and make sure that you know what you're taking. And what do we tell our parents? Um, be smart, right? Most of these are not tested on anyone under the age of 18, right? So we don't really know how they're going to impact a growing, a growing child. Ask a dietitian, ask your athletic trainer, ask your sports medicine physician. And the very least, look for third-party testing, so NSF certified for sport or a similar type of third-party testing, um, so that at least we know that what that product says is in it, it's actually contained in it. So just being really smart with that. What about energy drinks? Yeah, these are all the rage, but they, they concern me. Um, we know they're high in sugar and they're high in caffeine, but also they're not regulated. They're marketed as supplements, so they don't get the same scrutiny as your typical food does by the FDA. Many contain other added ingredients. You know, they have um, B vitamins, green tea extract, grana, taurine, um, things that act as, um, as stimulants and synergy with the caffeine. Um, and combined together, they can be dangerous. And I guarantee you, there is no test on a 16-year-old boy drinking two or three energy drinks and then going and play football in our 103 Texas heat, right? That's just dangerous, and it's a scary combination. 
Um, so recommendation, if you need energy, try food. It works really well. Um, don't use it to provide a quick burst of energy. Let's encourage our coaches too, right? Let's not model drinking these in front of our students. Um, and then another big thing that we can be telling our athletes and be telling our parents because because their kids are doing this, is don't mix it with alcohol. Red Bull and vodka is really popular, right? But what we know is that caffeine masks the effects of, um, of the alcohol, and so kids don't feel as drunk as they are, and they can get dangerously drunk. So we can be telling our kids this, hey, if you are going to drink, don't choose uh, the mixture of caffeine and uh, the energy drinks and alcohol. So what about alcohol? Do y'all talk to your kids about this? Probably reality, we probably should be, right? So what we know, it interferes with the recovery process, right? And they say that five drinks can delay recovery up to 72 hours, right? Most times during a sport, you don't have 72 hours to recover. So carbohydrates, we metabolize them in our liver, right? Same thing with alcohol. So if we put poison into our body, which alcohol is, our livers can be busy metabolizing those carbohydrates, not restoring um, the glycogen um, that we need. Um, also, it inhibits protein synthesis, so that's, um, it inhibits growth hormone and mTOR, which is a protein or an enzyme involved with protein synthesis, so it in interferes with our recovery. It's a diuretic, the more you drink, the more you lose, right, which is con uh, contradictory to our um, goals for replacing fluids. It's a depressant, slows reaction time, decreases strength, power and speed out there on the court, and then also increases, uh, it, it inhibits or is negative on our body composition. I've never had an athlete come to me and tell me and ask me, Mandy, how do I increase abdominal fat, right? That's just not our goal, but we know that ethanol is stored in our body as fat. So it, it's a, not a beneficial thing on body composition. So if you're looking for some good, easy guides, the United States Olympic Committee has these on their website. They're free to download. But really what it is is it's looking at an athlete's plate kind of based off that my plate model. And what it shows you is that how an athlete's diet should change based on their training, right? So on an easy day, about half of our plate is color, right? Fruits and vegetables. And a quarter of our plate is whole grains. And then a quarter of our plate is protein. So look what happens when you go to a moderate training day. The color on our plate goes down. What goes up? The carbohydrates. What stays the same? The protein, right? When we're going to a really hard training day, what we're seeing is that half of our plate becomes carbohydrates, because that's the gas that makes us go. Um, Vegetables go down to a quarter of our plate and protein stays the same. Athletes a lot of times have trouble knowing how much they should eat because their schedules change so much. These plates are really handy. It gives them a mind's eye of like, how, how should I be fluctuating my diet? The big thing we're going to be changing is the amount of carbohydrates that we eat on those days. So because you're athletic trainers, I feel like I should really hit on at least some immune health um, while we're in here because we know nutrition can have an impact on that. Um, really, first and foremost, we want to make sure that athletes are consuming adequate calories and also adequate protein, um, especially during that recovery period so that we um, are supporting the needs of our body. Secondly, we want to be staying hydrated, right? We know that the first line of defense is the saliva in our mouth against um, uh, uh, providing that immunological barrier, so making sure that we're staying hydrated. Using herbs and spices. So we know there's a lot of research right now on the anti-inflammatory um, benefits of a lot of herbs and spices. Garlic, turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, rosemary, curcumin. There's just a ton of spices out there. So using spices with your cooking. Um, omega-3 fatty acids. You know, eating a fatty fish four ounces twice a week. Lots of benefits from omega-3s with regards to inflammation. 
Um, focusing on fruits and vegetables. The more color, the better, right? We could all probably benefit from doing that, increasing the variety of fruits and vegetables in our diet. Um, vitamin D, making sure most athletes are, we find a lot of athletes are deficient in vitamin D, right? Because even if they are outdoors, they're wearing sunscreen, right? So they're not getting that vitamin D in. Um, plus, it's, it's kind of hard to get in the diet without taking in just a lot of fortified foods. So making sure that they are um, consuming enough vitamin D because we know that's important for immune health. Tart cherry juice is another great option for athletes, high in anti-inflammatory properties. Um, it also has um, a natural source of melatonin, so it can help with regulating sleep, so that's a great option. Um, and then gut health. Really, you know, we know uh, like 70% of our immune function comes from a healthy gut, right? So taking in probiotics, eating a well-balanced diet with a lot of variety, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, fiber, to maintain gut health. What about eating out? I get a lot of questions related to eating out. I get a lot of texts, Mandy, I'm at this restaurant, what should I get, right? Um, sometimes it just comes down to making the best of the worst choices, right? So let me give you some ideas and thoughts on what are some of those best choices. General guidelines, you know, choose restaurants that offer healthy choices when possible. You know, sometimes at a wing stop, it's hard to just find a great choice. So let's choose healthier choices whenever possible. Get it on a bun. What's the number one nutrient our athletes need for gas? They need carbohydrates, right? So get it on a bun. One of my um, football linebackers introduced me to the quadruple burger. He said, oh, Mandy, it's not on the menu. You just order the double-double. It's like, okay, well, from no, no longer can you order a quadruple burger. You may order four hamburgers because now you have eight slices of bread, right? And I, if you're that hungry, I'd rather you do that than order a stack of four patties with cheese, okay? So get it on a bun. Um, add health wherever you can. You know, whole wheat bread. Whataburger, Chick-fil-A, you know, these restaurants offer whole wheat. You just have to ask for it. So get it on wheat when you can. Choose those healthy side options, apple slices, side salads, baked chips, parfaits, um, and drink water, milk, or 100% juice um, with the meal rather than a soda. And then avoid supersizing. We eat every meal like it's our last, right? Like you can have a healthy snack as soon as you get to the car. If you're hungry, we don't need to supersize it. So these are all things we can be sharing with our athletes. Um, and with our parents um, so that they can be making sure that our athletes are getting the best choices at whatever location they go to. And so just some really quick hot topics that I get asked a lot. What about eating to build and maintain muscle mass? We have these guys in high school, they want to put on some weight, they want to put on muscle. What do we need to do? So big thing, that rule of three is really important. Eating frequently throughout the day, train yourself to eat a big breakfast and then meals as you go, right? So we're not missing any opportunities to eat. Um, Eating machine, eat on schedule. Prepare meals and snacks um, on weekends for the week, so planning ahead. Do you need to pack sandwiches ahead of time so that you can grab those in the morning so you're not trying to do it then? Um, really try to try that structured eating plan, eating breakfast on the weekends like we already talked about. Other tips for gaining weight, um, end the day with a large evening snack before bedtime. That 30 to 60 minutes before bed, um, something that's got a good source of protein, high carbohydrates, that's an optimal time to be putting something into your body um, to try to help, your, help yourself gain weight. Um, drink, drink drinks with calories at mealtime, and not sodas, but do 100% you know, whole juice or whole milk. Eat your meal, then drink, so you don't fill up on the drink, but that's an easy way to add in 600 calories during the day, just adding some calories with the beverages that you consume. Um, add energy-dense foods and healthy fats to your meal, so avocados and mayonnaise and, and dressings that can help easily add um, calories but don't necessarily fill you up. 
And then if we're looking at weight control, my big thing is with anyone trying to lose weight is that we do not sacrifice sports nutrition for weight loss. So we make sure that we're still doing our do not work out on empty, we're still recovering after a workout, we lose weight outside of um, those strategies. Really avoiding fad diets, avoiding anything that cuts out major food groups. Looking to make sure we include lean protein at all our meals because we know we need protein throughout the day. Um, and then focusing on nutritious snacks, so Greek yogurt or apple slices or tuna salad, something that could be a good source of protein um, that can help us stay um, satisfied throughout the day. And then a lot of times I see a lot of my athletes drinking a lot of sugary drinks, soda, lemonade, energy drinks, frappuccinos. <laughs> Those add a lot of empty calories to the day, and so just looking at that as an easy way to cut calories as well. But I think we need to really recognize, too, the concerns with disordered eating in sports and just recognizing that ideal body weight really has little relevance to competitive athletes. Um, and so there's just an incorrect assumption that losing weight will result in improved performance, and that's just not how it works. And so we really want to be making sure we're focusing at all times on performance and not body weight. And if we need to adjust body composition to improve performance, that's the discussion. The discussion is performance and not weight. And then lastly, I just want to hit on the importance of sleep. Um, if you could do anything to tell your athlete to improve their recovery plan, tell them to get 30 minutes extra sleep a night. Sleep is so important, especially our high school athletes. I just feel like so many of them are sleep deprived. But we know that sleep is when healing and recovery can occur. Muscle growth um, helps with weight control and metabolism, keeping all our hormones in sync. It's also when we consolidate all our memories from the day. It's when learning takes place. And we also know it has an impact on mental health, right? A stress and anxiety, depression and mood. Perhaps that moodiness of your high schoolers is not, right, just a normal high school moodiness. Maybe it's related to sleep as well. So really I think we need to be encouraging our athletes to sleep. A lot of research is coming out on sleep and just how important that is for sports performance. And so just my key points for athletes. Eat breakfast, don't miss out an opportunity. Think ahead, what are some of those grab-and-go breakfasts you can have in the car to take with you? Um, plan ahead, remember the rules of three, eating frequently throughout the day. Focus on healthy carbohydrates um, whenever possible. Don't forget that recovery nutrition, eat within 60 minutes of an activity, and get enough sleep, which is so important. So some great resources I just wanted to share with you if you're looking for um, information to download, and you'll have this in the PowerPoint. Um, the SCAN, which is our sports cardiovascular and dietetic practice group, has great um, downloadable resources handouts. So does the Collegiate and Professional Sports Dietetic Association. I already shared the USOC has some great, those great athlete plates. Gatorade Sports Science Institute as well. Um, some easy to read uh, books, Sports Nutrition, a handbook, that's more for professionals, but it's got great go-to relevant information. If you want something easy read, Nancy Clark's Sports Nutrition Guidebook is phenomenal. It has a great list of recipes in the back. And then if you're like me and you're really into podcasts, there's some great sports nutrition podcasts out there. We do science, um, Vive Nutrition Radio, and then Fit for a Queen, which is focused on female athletes. So um, all some good resources out there. And so then just kind of some lessons learned. Um, a lot of times with sports nutrition, it's nutrition common sense. Did you eat breakfast, right? Um, are we getting enough sleep? Are we snacking throughout the day? But those are important reminders, especially for our high school athletes, um, that we need to be eating, we need to be thinking about what we're eating, we need to be thinking about what we're putting in our body. Expect the unexpected, right? Um, I had an athlete ask me if eggs were good. Yeah, eggs are great. Why do you ask? He said, well, how many can I eat in a day? I said, well, how many are you eating? 18. 
Okay, well then that's a problem, right? Like, so expect the unexpected. Um, ask questions. Um, always ask questions. Don't just assume anything. Be creative and find solutions. Work as a team, right? So bring in a sports dietitian when you have questions. Um, and then keep learning. I mean, the, the sports nutrition is evolving so rapidly, and so I just think it's important that um, as professionals working in an athletic field, we all keep learning continually um, and be ready to share information on the latest hot topics. This is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash Mandy Tyler. Again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash Mandy Tyler, where you can find links to her bio, show notes, things that she had discussed, um, the handouts that were available at the conference at the Trinity University Sports Medicine Workshop 2020. So again, this is Mandy Tyler on the Sports Medicine Broadcast. So sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash Mandy Tyler. And that is a wrap. Thanks.